The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show. This is Dr. Dream. This is the place where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. So welcome to the show today. You have found yourself in the middle of Unity Online Radio. This is the place where we just remember who we are. We remember that we're unified with one another. We're not so separate after all. And that's where the healing can can kick in. Also, a big dollop of gratitude can also kick in the gratitude. So we're going to talk about dreams today, but we're also going to talk about this phenomenon known as PTSD. And some of you might think, well, that's not a new thing. I've heard of PTSD forever. This is a different version of PTSD. So we think of PTSD as post-traumatic stress disorder. But what about present traumatic stress disorder. That's where there's an ongoing trauma, ongoing stress. And hello, we're all in the middle of it, whether we know it or not. And I'm really excited to talk about this with my guest today, Dr. Sherilyn Levy, aka Shez. And um, I'm going to give her a proper introduction in a moment, but let's start as we normally do with a little centering prayer, then Nancy will pull a card, and then we'll just like take off like a like a rocket. All right, so turn within with me if you would be so kind. Let's just take a big deep breath. And let's just ah release and let go of our attachment to all the news, all the the massive drama going on in the world. Our connection to all the all the things that would pull our attention from this moment let's just at least release our grip a little bit release our attachment to what we think it all means let's let go and with every breath we create a little bit of space some bandwidth some room to be able to pull in the energy that we prefer this unified field of unconditional love let's pull in the grace Let's pull in the hope. Let's pull in the beauty that is always here, no matter what's going on around us. We can peek behind the curtain. We can go behind the clouds. We can step upstairs and see, okay, all is well. From the highest place, we can tap into that all is wellness and pull it in to this place where we are with our feet on the ground boots on the ground with our with our heads slightly in the clouds so that we can bridge heaven on earth. So with these breaths, we are creating a chamber of alchemy. We're not denying the pain. We're not denying the stress. Just simply allowing in something that is greater and more permanent and more everlasting than the stress. We're pulling in the peace that passes human understanding the gratitude and the grace 
and the beauty that is always here. So we allow that to fill us up with every breath throughout this show. And we give thanks for our dreams, for helping to show us new ways out of the quagmire, new solutions. They show us how resilient we truly are. So let's just give thanks. Let's be in a space of radical gratitude today and for the millions of things that we can't even name that are worthy of our gratitude and the things that we can name, like Unity Online Radio for bringing us the show today through their technology and Dr. Sherilyn Levy, a.k.a. Shez, who's going to talk to us about her book that is all about having a grateful soul. In fact, that's the name of the book, The Grateful Soul. And if we have a grateful soul, then we will survive and thrive no matter what the season. So let's be grateful for all that. And I'm also grateful for Nancy T for joining us. So with this, I just say thank you. Thy will be done. And so it is. Amen. A woman. Ah, dreams. (sighs) Okay, Nancy T, I hand the talking stick over to you. What's going on with you? How are you, first of all, before you pull a card, just give me a little check-in. I know it's been intense in your world as well. What's what's cooking? I'm all right. I have to say, I have literally been searching for words for quite a while now, trying to find mm. the perfect statement to make about some of the things that are going on that I mm. see. And I have a certain amount of outreach when I'm online because I have a following and trying to decide what's the best way to utilize that and to be a some you know a person that that puts points things towards the good um, versus all of the anger that's that's going on between different factions, we'll say. And um, every time I go to do it, I see another message saying, don't say anything, just listen. This is your time to listen. And so I've been battling with myself, and that's where mm. I am today, just going back and forth. Should I say something? If I don't say something, does it look like I don't care? If I do, will I be saying the wrong thing? Will I be speaking to the choir? Well, I mean... There's been a lot of that, I hate to say, Um, Mm. but I know that I'm going to say something because I think when you're a person that tends to put puppies and kittens and and babies and cupcakes out in the world, that when you finally get political, people go, wait a minute, hold on, what are you talking about? I mean, because (laughs) I tend to just stay to the lighter and more fun side of life. And that's what I put. That's all the stuff that's that's sort of my brand. But um, I, I think I need to speak up. And so I will probably mm-hmm. be doing that soon. Mm. Well, yeah. I think, you know, I it I totally hear you because it's this the same with me. I'm not, um, I'm not a political person, although I have my political perspective, and I don't even know that the issues are. I mean, yes, they are political, but I think they they go beyond that. To me, it feels like. This this unity that we're in, I mean, this like this radio station, I keep coming back to this. I think there's spiritual principles at play. We're either separate from one another or we're unified. And mm-hmm. I believe we're unified when we think we're separate. We do all manner of crazy things to protect ourselves, to shield ourselves or to to demonize. But when we realize, oh, wait a minute, we're all in this dream together. We are each other. Literally, <clears throat> that's not even poetic, then we can start treating each other the way that we would treat ourselves. It's just going back to kindergarten. So 
I think there's there's the complicated aspect, and then there's the simple way of looking at it. And I guess because I've been dealing with so much personal stuff with my friend Gypsy, who, by the way, for those of you who are following the Gypsy train, she got a good night's sleep last night. So oh, I'm feeling hopeful. God. I'm feeling hopeful. There's some really, it's like radical times open up the way for radical solutions. And she's in the middle of radical solutions. Um, she's got, she's got um, I don't even want to call it end stage cancer because it might just be the end of a chapter, not the end of her life. But there are some amazing solutions that she's privy to. And I can't help but map what's going on with her onto the world. It's like when it's this extreme, it's time for extreme radical healing measures. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling hopeful, just like I'm feeling hopeful about Gyps. As long as there's life, there's hope. And I know that hope is a big word for our guest. So let me bring her out. Without further ado, I can hear her sweet voice back there, and I can't wait one more second. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's a little bit about this amazing, amazing, beautiful soul. Let me just say this. I first met her several years ago in Teotihuacan, Mexico, and I was introduced to her as someone who was leading Dreaming Heaven workshops based on the book that Lee McCormick, Jenny Gentry, Frank Hayhurst, and I put together. And she's a teacher, she's a therapist, she's she's a mom, she's a wife, she is a beautiful, creative soul. But I had no idea what I was in for. I was I had no idea I was going to just my heart was going to crack open in the presence of this beautiful soul. And that was her as a participant on the journey. And then we got connected. And then I, she, we, I came out to Florida to do a workshop with, with her, the people from her soul life group. And then she and I led a journey to Teotihuacan and Nancy came to that. And then we led another, 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 anyway, I don't know. We're on our 25th. That's, That's not exactly Mm -hmm. right. I'm exaggerating a skosh. But we've been just having such a blast. And I just love this woman so much. Okay, so here's a few formal things you should know about Dr. Sherilyn Levy, a.k.a. Shez. She has got over 30 years of training and experience in mental health, working with survivors of sexual abuse and assault, addictions, at-risk youth and families in transition due to divorce, loss, and emotional struggles, including depression and anxiety. Dr. Levy encourages individuals and families to consciously create wellness using unique tools and therapies. She's an international best-selling author and contributor to The Grateful Soul, The Art and Practice of Gratitude. It's a brand new book, hot off the press, with hundreds, I don't know, over 100 reviews, and it just barely came out. She's got a chapter on thanks plus giving, a recipe for living. So no, we're not thinking this is a Thanksgiving show, although we'll have her back on around Thanksgiving. But I think gratitude, radical gratitude is always, um, it's always the season and we need it now more than ever. So um, Shez is also an expert at HMR, which stands for Holographic Memory Resolution. She also teaches people how to do art therapy using mandala work. And she's also um, the, what is she called? She's 
she is one of the main um, advisors to the goodness tour, and she's been she was in the Bahamas right right after Hurricane Maria. Maybe we'll have a chance to for her to talk about that. But the bottom line is she's amazing, and she is here to feed hope to individuals, couples, and families. And one of her techniques is through radical gratitude, thanks plus giving. So Shez, Dr. Dr. Sherilyn Levy, a.k.a. Shez, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show. Thank you so much. So I have Uh to start with gratitude, of course. I'm so grateful (laughs) for you and Nancy T. coming into my life and so grateful for the book that you co-wrote with all the amazing authors and the uh, opportunity to kind of bring that book to life um, Mm. that I was able to do here in Jacksonville and then, of course, be with you in Teotihuacan. So, so many great times there. So I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Oh, I love you, Shez. You are so amazing. And I think that it's like, you know, for somebody who, if you see the picture of her, if you're if you're on my mailing list, and if you're not on my mailing list, go get on my mailing list, go to kellysullivanwalden.com and sign up. But um, you'll see the a picture of her on Facebook. <clears throat> and you're, she's just like this, she's just the most beautiful thing in the world. And you think, well, somebody with that much beauty can't have brains. I mean, you can't have it all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she but she's does. also an angel. <laughs> she's also so an angel she's like yeah just and so and she's super humble she would say oh my god no i'm not uh, uh, uh." but no we can say she is just empirically speaking just one of the most gorgeous souls inside and out on the planet okay so enough like we're not blowing any smoke by the way this is all just truth but let's move into what what's going on in the hearts and minds of the people listening right now. I'm imagining everybody, this phenomenon, Shez, you're the first person to bring this to my attention. PTSD, the the new definition of this, the fact that it's present stress, present traumatic stress disorder. So can you talk a little bit about what's going on with that? So um, I'm continuing and it's, it's really kind of um, become a little overwhelming. I'm continuing my private practice, of course, and doing the telehealth online. And clients that I had kind of graduated or had kind of moved into a place of just maintenance, you know, with everything that we're experiencing came back. So I mm. thought um, about that because people that had experienced PTSD and struggled with it are now in a place where it's present and continuing. So I'm calling it present traumatic stress disruption because Mm. this is a disruptor and disruptors can be positive or negative. So it, it, for me, it's an opportunity for, yes, these people are coming back into therapy and, and, and feeling new ways, like you're saying, Nancy, new ways to question and to say, what do I do with this? And where am Mm. I with everything? And how can I, you know, get the the nugget out of everything that's happening and move forward to the gold in my life. So, um, so it's, it's a present moment thing. It's not past because we've been since March, uh, whatever the exact date was, but since, you know, mid March, we've been in this present trauma and it's kind of just continued on a weekly basis. And I love media. I love social media, you know, because it, it has so much, so many benefits, but it keeps us in this traumatic mm. state. I feel like mm. this is new for 
as a whole. And when you're talking about unity, I feel like for the first time we're in this massive, unanimous kind of present traumatic stress disruption. You know, we're all there to varying degrees, if that all makes sense. Yeah. Totally. And, and I think that media is can be helpful. That's why I love being a part of this radio station, because I feel like a lot of the shows, um, people are talking about what's going on in the world, but with a context that isn't just trying to, like from the perspective of if it bleeds, it leads. It's like we're not just mm-hmm. trying to create more blood. We're trying to actually heal like addressing what's going on we're not doing a spiritual bypass and pretending there's nothing going on it's like no let's look at it but let's bring solutions into this let's bring real solutions and hope let's feed hope because it's not going to help yes it might increase ratings if people are totally dramatic but it's not going to actually help anybody by just being like chicken little ah this guy's falling let's like look for what's let's so so talk about um radical gratitude or this thanks plus giving which is your beautiful chapter so well written in in Mm. your brand new book your brand new book which is by the way entitled the grateful soul the art and practice of gratitude everyone go get it right now i've got it on kindle Mm -hmm. but you can get it on many i I think you can get the hard cover and it's an international bestseller it's available everywhere so get it get it get it okay so tell us about thanks plus giving yeah, so um, the the book, I'll just say, first of all, it's a compilation book of 70-some of authors who all write about gratitude practices. So I was thrilled to be um, invited to, to write a chapter, and the chapter I wrote is called Thanks Plus Giving a Recipe for Living. And um, in my, or when I was uh, 21, I lost my brother to, um, he ended his life. So I, I lost my brother and I experienced the, this present traumatic stress disruption that I'm talking about. Hmm. And, um, you know, intense grief and everything that, that goes along with that. So what I realized was that um, one powerful tool that was encompassed in those two words, it is my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. I joke, like, I love the mashed potatoes and everything that goes along with it. But <laughs> that word to me is one of the most powerful words in our in our language because it really is the greatest two tools for healing. And what I've found is that when we change the mindset to a gratitude mindset, which you can do really fast and it's, you know, relatively easy, but when you change the mindset to a place of gratitude, you can really quickly come to healing. And then um, the second part, that's the thanks. The second part is the giving. And that, I think, um, is just as powerful or even more. But when you transcend your circumstances and move into a place of giving, which is exactly what marches and all these other things that are positive outlets for ways we can give through our hurt and our um, frustration and our anger and fear. When you move to a place of giving, the, the psychological healing is just compounded, you know, greatly. And I found that in my own experience, which is why I do um, love volunteering with the Goodness Tour and helping them because they are, you know, just the givers of hope around the world wherever right. adversity strikes. But um, anyway, so that's what this chapter is about, is kind of ways to bring that 
Thanksgiving into your everyday, not just in November, but every day. Okay, so let's just unpack this for a second because this, these are some big, big concepts. And the first thing you were talking about was the the de- death of your brother, which was which was tragic. And um, so you, I mean, you didn't like he didn't die, and then immediately five minutes later, you found yourself in thanks plus giving. It took a minute. So yeah. you, I mean, this you know, this happened so many years ago and I still hear you talk about it and it still brings up tears and it's still like, there's still a pain place. Like this is, this was an incredibly massive loss and sadness for you. So how, how did you come to the thanks and then plus the giving and what did you give thanks for? And then what did you give? So what was really interesting was that the, and it isn't interesting. You'll, I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting, but it's just so fascinating too how divine forces work. But the um, semester I was a senior in college, and it was second semester. It was January fourth, and I had just enrolled in a death and dying class, wow. and I had only attended maybe one or two classes. And that was divine in and of itself because I wasn't yet admitted to the master's program, but I had all electives left. So I went to the administrator and I said, I want to pursue a master's in psychology and human development, and I've only got electives left. Can I take a course or two rather than waste it on, you know, something that wouldn't help me um, Mm -hmm. in my master's? And so they let me enroll, but the class that I could take that was open was death and dying. So the beauty was that here I was struggling with this intense, really difficult loss. And at the same time, thank you, universe, I was in a death and dying class. And I was going to drop it because I was like, I don't think I can possibly do this class and be grieving at the same time. And my professor, Peggy Whiting at Vanderbilt, I'll never forget. She was like, no, you can do this. Please stay in it. We'll help you. And, you know, you'll you'll understand so much more that will help your career and people and all those things. And it mm. really, really did. It was just miraculous. So, but it was many, many years later that I realized that in serving and in what I do in therapy, that I was healing my own self, really even more mm. or not more, but I mean that that it really mm-hmm. was a dual purpose that I was healing myself. Right. And you know, I still get emotional. You can hear it. I, yeah. I that loss is really big, you know. Yeah. But uh but in giving I can really transcend um that pain. And it's a daily practice. This thanks and giving, like I said, it isn't a one time, oh great, I feel really good. I have a, a purpose that I can transcend the pain Mm. it's it's a daily practice so what's something like so what were you grateful for because I know that some people uh, like you know it's like when somebody dies or even in the midst of like I mean we're like with all the stuff that happened with George Floyd and then more recently with um Atlanta the the Wendy's that that like all these these crazy things it's like it seems like when the brain goes into 911 mode it's such it's like a different territory in the brain where the from where the gratitude place is it's like it's like right. fight and flight versus this right. like higher region so how what do you be grateful for and what were you grateful for like what was one of the first things you could be grateful for after your brother died 
So what I was grateful for in the moment was, again, understanding suicide from so many different um, angles because I was in the moment. And so anytime somebody came to me with struggles of feeling suicidal or feeling depression, I, I, mm. could, I was so grateful because I, I, I had studied it and I just devoured it. I'm so grateful for my brother that, you know, I could understand things from his perspective, wow. from the a sister, understanding my parents, you know. Um, so I'm grateful for the learning as hard right. as that was. And I, I spent so many years trying to um, understand it. And I still don't fully, you know, I don't understand why children struggle exactly. But um, I'm grateful for the years that I was able to dive in and focus on that because it gave me um, a purpose to focus. And, you know, and I that, want I feel like I just want to pause right there and just put a big highlighter pen around what you're saying right there, because I feel mm -hmm. like that, if nothing else, is the thing to be grateful for. Because I think in the midst of like a, like a tr true trauma, it's so hard to find anything to be grateful for. And, and I'm even remembering, and this is like a ridiculous example. It's nowhere near like the death of, of a beloved or, or a pandemic or like race riots. But, but this in my own world, I remember years ago at, at the end of a relationship <clears throat> that I thought would last forever. And, and he broke up with me and I was so devastated. I was in so much Pain. I remember crying and crying and crying in a hotel room in Chicago, mm -hmm. sobbing nonstop. And, and I was like, what, like, what's the purpose in this? Where's God? Where's God? And I finally got this little drop of clarity that was like, now you can relate to people's pain, people that are going through something similar. You can bring healing to this place. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And all of a sudden there started to be little trickles of grace where there was just blaming and like gnashing of teeth. So I think if no matter what we're going through right now, at least like Victor Frankl even said this at some point, he knew that he would take his wisdom and be able to use it in some, at some point in the future. So we're going to talk more about thanks plus gratitude in just a few moments. We're going to be taking a very quick break. We're talking here with Dr. Sherilyn Leiby, a.k.a. Shez. We're talking about her amazing book, The Grateful Soul, The Art and Practice of Gratitude. It's available wherever books are sold. And uh, so go get yourself a copy. Check out her website as well. In the meantime, soullife.us. We're not done. We're going to take your dreams on the other side of this break. So we'll be right back. See you in a moment. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back, all you beautiful dreamy souls. This is Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. 
a Dr. Dream, and the show is Ask Dr. Dream, and we're talking about so many things that are just so important. I feel like I'm just completely spastic because we've got so much more to cover. I'm Nancy T, and I are talking with the amazing Dr. Sherilyn Levy, aka Shaz. She is the be- international best-selling author of and a contributor of the book The Grateful Soul: The Art and Practice of Gratitude. Run, don't walk, and go get copies for you and everyone you know we need gratitude right now more than ever and nancy t i know you had um an amazing question over the break so take it away you have the talking stick once again i'll stop taking it away from you i'm so sorry (laughs) no worries no worries it's all good i do have an important question before i go into it i want to pull i'm going to read the card that i pulled because the card that i pulled means so much to you kelly and Mm -hmm. shez and the three of us we we uh, resonate with this card, and it feels like we might need it right now. So what the card, card is I it? Pulled, what's it from? Yeah, it's Black Madonna, the mother know, of what's miracles. It from? What's it from? Oh, what's it, oh, I'm, oh, did you say what's it from? It's from the Dream Goddess Empowerment Deck. Thank goodness Thank I could look down at it because you know I can never remember the name of it. It's but, it's the Empowerment Deck by Kelly Sullivan Walden. Get yours huh, at Amazon or on her website or anywhere you can find cards like that. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> Real quick, so Mira. Oh, little commercial. They're so good. Okay. All right. So, so the Black think? Madonna is the mother of miracles. And it says the most fertile soil is the blackest and your darkest moments contain the seeds of your greatest illumination. Recognize that the power of all goddesses resides within you to harness the enormity of this life force, connect with the deepest Mm -hmm. core of mother earth to become grounded, nurtured and assisted in fostering the soul of the world. And so because I've been thinking of the soul of the world and in particular, the soul of the black lives matter movement, Mm -hmm. I've been struggling with being my usual cupcake self out there in the world Mm. and being my light and airy and, you know, you come here for a stop and a break in the news because I I feel like if I were to push out my gratitude and show how grateful I am for everything in some ways uh, some of the things I'm grateful for are specifically because I have white privilege or what I like mm-hmm. to refer to as white blessings you know it, it's not that we have a privilege it's more that when we get stopped by a police officer we can reach in our purses because we're blessed to be able to do that I just want everyone to have those blessings so I, I look at it that way versus that word privilege which puts everyone on defense, but but within that world where I have guilt over what my white brothers and sisters have done, and I I feel horrible about that, and I'm not grateful for how we've behaved, and I just don't know how to move forward through that. So what do you say to mm-hmm. that, Shez? Okay, so here's what I say to that, and thank you so much for saying that and sharing that card because um, – that card is so fitting with with what I'm going to say about that. One mm. thing is you, Nancy, like so many people now in the world are waking up and being insightful and asking ourselves the questions and feeling the guilt. And so wherever we are triggered, or as Glennon Doyle says in her book, Untamed, which I am almost finished with, Kelly, and you recommended oh, it. It's so good. And where you're activated with guilt, she says that's a present at the door. So 
we open that present, you explore it, you you dig in the gold to find dig in the dirt to find the gold, which is really cool with what you read with that card. But you you want to feel that, and we want to experience that, and that's the way we wake up. So that's part of PTSD too is feeling some of that guilt and shame because you're triggered or activated, as she says. So using the activation as the clue to what to do next. That's the second part of the thanks. It's not just saying thanks oh, for my, you know, blessed life here. It's actually saying thanks for the awakening. Thanks for the present at the door that I can realize I have this guilt and I feel horrible. And then the giving is what do I do with it? Where can I channel my energy into something positive? And I'll give you an example that, that, shows the power of healing unless I'm taking too much time. I'll, I'll do that disclaimer no, first. I'm no, no, you go for it. Okay. okay. So I have a client that I work with currently, and, and I've seen her for a while. It's a young woman, and she had pretty severe PTSD to the point of depression and anxiety that sometimes she could not go out of bed and go to class. Um, and the reason was because from Sandy Hook to, um, I'm forgetting all the exact um, mm. mass shootings, but she was traumatized <clears throat> just, and this isn't normal PTSD symptomology. Normally they say that that witnessing it on TV or on the news doesn't cause PTSD, but she absolutely did. So it was probably, probably t- triggering an old, old, old thing. But mm-hmm. she had PTSD from three different mass shootings to the point where she couldn't even sit in a classroom without being clear on where the exit doors are, who was in front of her, behind her. She hasn't been able to go to a movie theater, all those things, wow. right? So I've been working with her on this, using art therapy, using the holographic memory, memory resolution, all kinds of things. And this movement, this was the best thing because what happened to her was she went back to her college without even thinking twice about it. Her roommate Mm. said, hey, do you want to join this march? It's happening right outside our window. They looked Mm. out and she was like, oh, my God, sure. So this was a march where there were weapons. There were police with guns. And normally that would have sent her into an absolute traumatic you know, kind of stress response of of panic and anxiety because she was giving to a a movement bigger than herself and she didn't have time to really think about it. She just wanted to be be part of unity and be part of a movement. She did it and she did, I think, like an 11-mile walk or something. Mm, Um, And there was fear involved, but she overcame that. And this was bigger Mm. than sitting in a movie theater, bigger than anything else. But she absolutely overcame it. So that's the point of the the thanks and giving is is to be part of giving that is bigger than ourselves. So we step outside of our trauma and our triggers and our activations, and we move that energy into something towards a greater good. Oh. Um, that's all we can And small scale, big scale. It could be, Nancy T., just with your little guys, that the way that you give through them, that's the way that you're you're transcending this guilt that you have because you're mm. you're teaching and guiding these two humans that are itty bitty and learning so much from you. Um, that so anyway, I well, think you, thank you. you. That I and I have been 
definitely, I talked to them, like, even at this age, you know, when they were 10 months old, I talked to them about treating everyone with love and respect, and you're not better because you're white, or you're not better because you're a boy, or you're not, like, we're all the same, and you must love, and all of that. I've been doing that, but I also have done a lot of other things. I'm working with this, this diversity group, and doing stuff there, and I'm starting to write a book. I'm doing stuff to actively see what I can do to make a difference, because I don't just want to be a voice out there just yelling at the masses like so many of my peers are doing but I want to actually move the needle if I can and I've had some tough conversations with some people and swayed some of them which kind of feel a little better but I I don't want to be comfortable that sounds crazy but I think that that's where you get that complacency and you think okay it's fine and now let's what's the next thing that we can worry about no this this needs to just get taken care of until the fire is out Mm, I love that. And and the doing. So here's two of the things that I've heard today that are, that are super big. When, when the bleep hits the fan and you're in the midst of the trauma and you want to find your way out, you've got to sort of want to find higher ground. And one of those ways is to say, okay, at least I'm developing a depth and a compassion and a wisdom to be able to help other people that are ever going to go through something like this. I'm going to be able to meet them mm-hmm. there and have the depth to be able to be of service to people that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to. Secondly, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, oh, gosh, absolutely. Looks like the internet is doing something wonky. Okay, but at but least you are. You You're sounding great. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And then the second thing is getting into the into the action. So I think there's like the gratitude, as you've said, Chez, the thanks plus the giving. And I would just my little sub text under that is is action. It's gratitude for what maybe hasn't even happened yet. Add to mm-hmm. it that, and then taking some kind of positive action, doing something that is not just self-serving, that's going to be some way to be able to help other people. So I think that's huge. And I want to say something that might be a little bit provoking right now, and I don't want to be, but here I'm going to, I'm going to practice saying this mm-hmm. because I'm not good at this. Um, I've heard people say the thing about white privilege versus white blessing and my skin crawls when I hear white blessing. I want to, I get mad and I know it's just, it's it, like we can, we can nitpick at words because words are not the thing itself. They're always symbols of other things. But I, I was, I was listening to a show the other day about, about that. And I was like, no, no, no. At least from my perspective, a blessing seems like something that has been given by God. And it's like, I think this is this is not the the issues that are happening right now are not. I, I don't believe that God ordained some people to be blessed and some people to not be. I think we're all equally blessed. Some of those blessings, though, haven't yet been seen by people that have covers over their eyes. And I think that it's that there is a there is the privilege, I think, is for sure it's real. And I and I've never been more aware of it before and more ashamed of it and more sorry about it and more wanting to fix that and change that. But I also know that at least for me, that word blessing, even though I feel like I know where you're coming from, Nance, and I and I know it's you're coming from only the most loving, beautiful place. I just have to say, I mean, because it just makes me feel prickly as I don't want anybody to feel that they haven't been innately blessed just by being given life so 
we could split hairs and I don't want to do that, but I'll give you a chance to say something before we take our our callers and deal with some people's dreams. <laughs> no, well, when I, when I was referring to the blessings, I never even knew anyone ever said that. The only thing is, I think I've found in the white community, like when people say white privilege, it just puts them off to the point where they just get so hung up on the word that they don't think about what it actually means. And that means that if I get stopped by a police officer, I can rummage through my purse, go into my glove box, look for my registration and license, and I'm fine. And I've never worried about getting killed while that happening. And believe me, I got stopped a lot when I was in my 20s and I was Nancy Andretti. But that, right. <laughs> with that said, mm-hmm. I, I Black people, my friends, will tell me what they do when, they're get, when they get stopped. And when they say, yeah. my hands are on 10 and 2, I need to reach into my pocket. My wallet is this color. Is it okay? Because Mm -hmm. if they don't do that, they could be killed. And that's where I say, I sure am blessed. That's where I got that. But I made that up. I didn't even know that was a real thing. I just know that when people say privilege, there's a bunch of white folks that get so caught up on that that then they don't see what I'm talking about. And so I don't know what the best word is, but there's a word that, Mm -hmm. that means that we have something they don't, that we didn't necessarily do anything to deserve it just right exactly exactly there i heard a woman the woman who coined the phrase white privilege she was on npr yesterday and she was talking about all the ways like kind of like really making it clear and so there is a book written on it so Mm -hmm. i suggest that you look it up but um also make sure you get shez's book i think it's a white bias and, and we all have yes. biases for different things, you know. Um, so that's what we're noticing and wanting to change or wanting to help, you know, to yeah. move past. Because our biases are limitations, and those limitations and, hurt people. And in yeah. some way, to me, this is why I harp on dreams, because I think when we look at the world from a perspective of dreams we realize every single color every single aspect is in us and whatever we're not loving that's where we are out of balance and that's where we're sick so we need to find at least what's lovable whether we love it or not we need to at least look for what's lovable about all aspects so that's that's my little i don't know whatever, the trumpet that I'm blaring. So let's take, let's just open this up. Miss Denise, holy Lord, thank you for your patience. We need to hear your dream. We need to hear what's going on with you. Talk to us. Okay. Um, First of all, I want to say, I want to ask her real quick because I'm very considerate of other people's time. Shez. Doctor. Doctor Shez. Shez. I have a hard time pronouncing stuff sometimes. I have. You did great. I have PT, PS, PT, PTSD, PTS. and I'm trying. Yes. To, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to see. I did 29 years not as a client, but as a worker in the federal prison, and I ignored it. I was a sociology major. There was young African American boys in there, men that were getting 20, 25 years, and I could see the hopelessness. And I was a case manager, and I rose up, and I read their pre-sentence report and see that there was drugs, and I'm helping them, and you can do it. And now that I'm out, I actually think I I miss it so much that it's causing me anxiety because I'm not there. And most mm. people are afraid of that world, but oh. I love that world. And oh, I wow. 
them. I miss that caring. And come oh. on, man, you don't want to be doing no drugs when you get out. And they're like, F you. And I don't care if I ever get a GED. And I don't want to go see the psychologist. It was just a world mm-hmm. that I adored. And now that wow. I'm out of it, then I can't find my place. There's no, right. no job or anything that I can do other than fitness, which is my second love. But I miss those. I miss that world. And I think it's causing me some anxiety. I really, really do. Wow. Oh, because you're not in the giving. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Thank you so much for what you do because you may, what you did and do, you may not even realize the lives that you impacted. But one person listening and supporting and helping any of us makes a world of difference. So you made a world of difference in, I'm sure, a lot of those kids' lives. Mm -hmm. So the gratitude that I have for you having the courage and loving that job. I also did work in um, Mm. in an adolescent uh, detention center. So I know what you mean. I love those kids because they're eager. They want to, you know, they want to embrace anything you got to give and they want to change and they want, you know, the tools. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm just wondering if you might go back in a volunteer capacity or you might right. write about that. This is a time that writing about it, um, mm. any way that you can channel that energy and that passion that you have to share with the world your experiences, because most people don't have those experiences with, with mm. teens that are in trouble. So writing about it, sharing it, talking about it, um, you know, and volunteering and helping other kids. I don't know. Those are just quick things that come to mind. But the PTSD is real for workers in healthcare yes. right now, workers yes. in mental health, uh, all yes. those kind of things. Um, so there are lots of, of tools and new therapies that, that are uh, scientifically, you know, researched well enough that have that are helping people with severe PTSD like that. So I can, I can share with you more specifics or we might have to do another show, Kelly. I know we're going to have to do a whole show on the holistic, the holographic memory resolution. Actually go ahead, Denise. I can hear you saying, wanted to say something. Yeah. Cause I want to get this dream in cause I'm, I'm hearing her too. Cause it's my brother's and he asked me to do this months ago. Okay. Anyway, he, he, he's walking, he's walking and he's passing all these eatery type thing. And the menu is out there in front. It seems like it's outside and he passes another and he sees the menu. The menus are colorful. He keeps talking about color. Then he sees a couple sitting there eating like you and your husband and enjoying each other. Color. They got on color for stuff. So then he just continues to walk. He never eats, goes to this last spot, runs into a man, and the man is trying to explain the menu to him, but the man is stuttering. And the dream Mm. ends where the man never gets a chance to finish telling the menu because he's stuttering so bad. So I thought it was profound with the stuttering, and I'm making a phone call for my beloved brother, and I'm writing down what you're about to say. Oh my God! And just as you're, as this is happening, there's a giant trash truck going by. So let's just affirm that that trash truck is taking anything we don't want to carry with us anymore. Anything Ooh. your brother is wanting to let go. <laughs> well done. On. Well done. <laughs> oh, I like that. I wrote that That's down. That's going already. with the flow, boy. Uh, 
Okay, so really quickly, if it were my dream, let me see, let me make sure I've got this. So he's walking down the street, there's restaurants, there's menus out in front, he's passing them, they're very colorful, he sees couples, they're eating, and you keep seeing... Menus, 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 he keeps talking about all these different menus. Everywhere he went, the menu was outside the glass, or the menu became so prominent. He's reading them, but he never eats. So then when he's done, he's walking for the last time, past one, and a man tries to explain to him what the menu is, but the man... Terribly. So just for the sake of time, I'm going to just be quick, quick like with this. Okay. From my perspective, okay. a menu, if it's my dream, is showing me that I have choice and it's showing me what my choices are. And for some reason, I'm hearing the song in my head, that Howard Jones song from the 80s, something about um, you can you can you can have the most delicious food but you're not allowed to eat do you know what mm. song i'm talking about there's um there's a line in there i'm totally i'm butchering it but oh i know like, which one you're talking about you can do the dishes but you can't afford it yeah, exactly that song. Can, i know you're talking about delicious food but you're song. not allowed to eat so it's like oh it yeah. always that song always gave me chills so to me it's out. If this was my dream, it would be, I would feel very hopeful because it would be telling me that I've got all these choices, all these colorful choices. And color in a dream to me represents spirit, vivid aliveness, and options as well. And also, we were just talking about all the colors being within. So it's like there's all this choice. And sometimes, like we, you were just talking about being in, the, like, working in the prison system. For some, it's more of a prison to have choice than to be told what to have and what to do and where to go. Wow. So, so wow. it feels like maybe he's walking through the the ordeal of having power, having choice, and and it's maybe he's this dream is about letting him know be mindful because you are at choice. So make a good choice. And the guy that's stuttering, everyone in the dream is him. So it might be the part of him that's that can't clearly articulate what the choices are and and isn't quite ready. But to me, it feels like this is a happy meditation to do it's like it's almost like somebody saying so what do you want for your birthday what do you want for christmas you can have anything and you're like uh uh badee 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 uh, uh. so but it's like it's worthy of meditating on because it's not like the choice that the opportunity for him to choose is over the dream is always telling us what we don't yet know so it's about like choices that are going to be available to him in the future and he just and needs I, I to get ready he just shows how good you are. He's in Japan. He's a principal. He's giving it up, coming back to the States where he belongs. And, and he has a PhD, I mean, a, a master's work on a PhD, and he wants to be a professor. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. the dream is saying he made the right choice. Leave yeah. Japan. Leave that principal. Go to higher learning. Go teach the kids that can benefit from your years of being educated, prior military, mm-hmm. so forth and so on, working on a PhD. So that's how good you are. You interpret this dream i like that i i oh. think he needs to leave japan i think he made the right choice awesome okay well good because now it's your dream now it's all of our dream but i know normally we let everyone weigh in on this dream but i want to get to one other dream from one other dreamer and she's right here let me see is this her marjana is this you i'm going to try to pick it up is this you marjana oh my goodness maybe not Okay, so Marjana sent in a dream. Um, so Nancy T, do you want to read her dream? 
Yep, I sure do. Um, okay, so Marjana. And Denise, I'm sorry I just hung out, hung up on you. I didn't mean to do that. You can call back <laughs> in so you can listen. <laughs> so keep call back in so you can listen. All right. Oh, we love you, Denise. All right. So this is a couple minutes. So she had before. Um, okay, and this is her crazy dream is about she was she was went somewhere by herself near an ocean. Her husband and her daughter, Joe and Izzy were not there. And Joe told her to come home. She got into a red mini car. And as she was driving, a hurricane started water was on the streets and the wind was so strong. It was pushing cars out of the road. The road was filling up with ocean water. She drove on the sidewalks and then finally wind pushed her and she crashed into bushes. She got out. She was fine. And she decided to walk. She had no film phone or money and some guy thought he could help but he didn't and suddenly both of her dogs were there at her feet she got um they got really bad and they got into a building and we we ran through corridors to get up and duke which is one of her dogs had a big cut in his leg so she carried him into a room and tried to help and people were panicked she looked at her dog duke and he was at her feet, really sad. And as she looked up through a giant window, a giant wave came upon her and they, them and crashed through the glass and they started running. But then she realized that Duke was sad because he knew they were all going to die. And as she was, it, as she was taken one by one, a wave uh, um, taken by mm. one wave, I'm sorry, a door opened from the opposite direction and another wave came from there and she thought, okay, I'll just let it take me and die. And she didn't fight it. And the, the water was twirling her body. So okay. All right. Die. So I'm going to throw this in because I want to, okay. So there was somebody else who so sorry. in a dream that was similar to this. And all I know is that <clears throat> death in a dream doesn't mean death in real life. It means radical change. And change. to me, the, the point of this dream, just like it is for this other woman that shared her dream with me, similar to this, is that what are you going to do in your moments? Are you going to be in fear or are you going to connect? That a dog always represents, from my perspective, if it were my dream, instinctual self. And and so it's about connecting to the instincts, connecting with each other, making the best of every moment we have. And the fact that you guys did, I know Marjana lived through Hurricane Maria and that was terrifying and there's been others. So to me, this dream is helping you become a better survivor and thriver so that this isn't so yes it may blow your house down but it's not going to blow your soul down you're just going to get closer and closer mm -hmm. to the ones you love dr sherilyn levy thank you so much for joining the show today we do have to have you back so we can talk about holographic memory resolution and so much more her book is the grateful soul the art and practice of gratitude thank you nancy t thank you Shez, for joining us today Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. 
Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.